0: When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Football may be known as the beautiful game, but the nation's favorite sport has its ugly sides. And
1: presenter Rylan Clark knows this all too well. Ollie met Rylan at West Ham's London Stadium to discuss his new documentary with TNT Sport. Rylan, homophobia, football and me. Enjoy. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one? It's the Politics Show. Cast. Before we get into the, the meat of it, we start talking about your doc, which is about homophobia
2: and football. How would you like to describe yourself? Just that idiot off the telly who done all right. Yeah? Yeah. Second set of teeth. That, <laughs> that idiot Actually off the telly. third if you, if you
1: count, the count the original ones. ones. That, okay, know. so that idiot off the telly with the third set of teeth. Yeah. Who was interviewing the Prime Minister this morning. Yeah, Just standard, Just what you standard day. Yeah. It's a day for you. Yeah. I did like it when you, you said something to him about having an odd nut in the morning.
2: Yeah, well, he's been on a fast. <laughs> he does this fasting thing where he sort of finishes eating Sunday early evening mm-hmm. and then don't eat until Tuesday morning. And I was like... Come on. You've already got a tough enough job as it is. I so don't envy her. Mm. Surely you must get a bit hangry. I was like, do you have the odd nut? He was like, yeah. <laughs> He's a liar. No joke. <laughs> I don't believe him. <laughs> yeah, I've never,
1: Henry actually. Henry's a faster, but I've- Are you a faster, Henry? I'm faster.
2: Oh, we'll chat after <laughs> this. <laughs> you give it a go? It a go? <laughs> no, I've just, just got lost in Henry's eyes. <laughs> no, joke. Happens to all of us, mate. Happens to all of us. Um, <laughs> we're here for your doc. Um, yeah.
1: TNT Sports, it's about homophobia and football. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I've given it a bit of a top line there, but... I mean, you've pretty much done it. We don't need to it. do the Yeah, right, right. We'll finish up now, <laughs> shall we? Um, tell us about it. Tell us about the film.
2: Yeah, so basically I've worked with TNT, formerly BT Sport, uh, quite a few times now, and um, it probably surprises people that I follow Joe, I like football, I enjoy football, and um, when they said about doing a doc about homophobia and, and things like that in the game, my first thought was it's 2024, like, how are we still having this conversation? But sadly, you, you, you do have to have this conversation and I know there'll probably be a lot of your viewers and people that follow your, your pages as well that will comment underneath this without even watching the video and I'd bet a tenner, ten euro, we'll say, on someone to go, what's this prick now about football, what's yeah. this puff doing on here, that don't surprise me at all. Um, but hello, Brad, with your England flag as your profile photo. <laughs> um, it's something for me, you know. I've, we're here at West Ham, I'm mm. a hammer. Um, I was a junior hammer as a kid. I love football, I love watching the game. And I think for me, growing up, going to football and watching football, it was a lot easier than me now going to the football because people know who I am. People know I'm gay. It's an easy shout at. it's an easy insult. It don't bother me as much, but... There's also 60,000 other people in this arena. A few of them might mm. not be comfortable with their sexuality. Might not feel all right if someone's shouting something out. And I'm not, and I hate the word, but I'm not woke in any way. I love banter. I love the football songs. Love all the chat. But when you hear certain insults shouted out, even me with a thick skin's a little bit like, oh, it's a bit bit near the mark, you know. So it's looking at sort of how the fans are. Why? as no Premier League player ever felt comfortable enough to come out while they're still playing the game. Mm. Um, We've obviously known about people that have come out after uh, retiring. Um, And just looking at it from all different aspects, you know, I sit down with Rio, who I love, Rio Ferdinand, and he was such a good chat, you know, his sister's gay. And Rio said some things in the past that he's not so proud of now, but back then, you know, it's just one of those things you sit there and go, oh yeah, it's just a slur word I'd use. But he said when my sister came out as gay to me she told me how uncomfortable that made her feel so it's just about learning and just talking about language and stuff really mm-hmm. um and yeah meeting some former players that have come out meeting jen beatty who's you know a brilliant female footballer and i mean in the girls game it's uh, it's rare to be straight so <laughs> it, it's almost uh, the unspoken thing in uh-huh. the girls game and i just think why can't the men's game be a little bit more as open as that
1: there's You've mentioned so much stuff that I, that I want to get Mate, into pick away. and we will. Um, you've, you meant, let's start, okay, with what you receive and what you get on the day, right? So you mentioned a couple of slurs there that you, you've received. Are, you, are we still talking about sort of verbal abuse? Yeah, you know, when you're in the terraces, you still get
2: you still get it now. Mate, it didn't actually make the documentary, but I was here. And bearing in mind, I come here a lot, and yep. normally end up clambering over to the chairman's lands and being like, "Where's the am <laughs> Like after a few drinks, <laughs> <laughs> Karen Brady, come out. Um, but while I was here filming the doc, I was just standing up there watching the game by myself, and some old bloke turned around and went, "You queer!" And I was like, "One, have a fucking look." <laughs> Two, you're clearly with your granddaughter. You've just embarrassed yourself. Mm. And three, you'd probably come up to me in Lakeside asking for a photo. Like, why are you trying to act hard in front of your mates? But the thing is for me, and but I just called it out. I won't say what I called him, but it was a four-letter word and it mm. began with a C. But I just think, what, what are you trying to prove? Like, has that made you feel better? Yeah. Has that made you feel like the big man? Because actually, everyone's just looking at you thinking, you fucking prick. Absolutely. And and that's that's the problem, you know. A lot of the times people don't mean what they shout at, especially... Do you think that's the case though? Do you think they don't mean it? I I genuinely do. Or maybe I want to believe that. Mm. Because a lot of the time in this arena, you'll listen to some of the slurs that have been shouted at against an opposing team. We've seen the ones that come down to race, which is disgusting. I've heard the ones that come down to technically homophobia. Do they mean it in a homophobic way? Maybe not. When I spoke to Rio, for argument's sake, when he used the word in a radio interview that would be deemed very homophobic now, he didn't mean it in a homophobic way. Yeah. It was a slur. It was a slur word. But I just think I'm not here to censor what people are saying. I'm, I'm all for, you know, give it to the other team and stuff like that. Just be a bit mindful of what's going on around you. And no wonder Premiership Footballers ain't decided to come out.
1: Yeah, that intention, I think, is really important, right? Because... I don't know take a lot of drag queens will use will use sort of slurs and sort of almost like reclaiming the language right
2: yeah you know, but the queer, yeah i mean queer the, people the word queer yeah when i was growing up was an insult now it's sort of reclaimed yeah i don't i still don't really use that word but you've got lgbtq plus and the q's for queer and it's mm-hmm. like to me that was something i was so frightened of being called growing up yeah now it's sort of reclaimed and i think you know, good for the community if, if you want to reclaim those words. And being here at West Ham, I've been a West Ham fan all my life, I didn't realise there was a collection of people called Pride of Irons. And that shocked me. The first time I knew that was on this documentary when I sat down and met them. And the reason why they got together to go to games and how they help West Ham and other clubs have got their own as well, tackle that issue. Because sadly, it is an issue. Mm. You know, uh, football's for everyone. We sit there and say, football's the beautiful game. It is the game that anyone can love. Anyone can be a supporter. Well, would you feel comfortable being a supporter if the bloke next you is calling you that? Mm. Not not really. So it's just just about educating people really. Just, just think before you speak. And in terms of the men's game, one of the things you mentioned at the top,
1: right? There's no out players currently, no. currently, currently playing, no. right? There are in the women's game, and we'll come to that in a moment. Yeah. but. Just staying for the men's game for the moment why do you think that is what do you think it is that's stopping people coming out
2: i think a number of things i think uh inherent past of what's happened when players have decided to come out after they've retired um i think from a player's point of view a lot of players that i've spoken to would feel that their teammates may feel uncomfortable in the changing rooms things like that absolutely ridiculous reasonings but i get it Um, I also think they become a target for the exact slurs we hear shouted out on the pitch. You know, the fight against racism in football, and I'm not here to compare racism to homophobia in any means, but looking on a level, the fight against racism has come so far over the years in football, and so it should. There's still a fight to be had with that, but even nowadays we're seeing videos Mm. of people at football matches, doing gestures, and you sit there and go, that's shocking. But it still happens. Yeah. And I think that's the same when it comes down to, to homophobia in football as well. And, you know, if I was a player for, for West Ham and people didn't know my sexuality or I hadn't even told anyone what my sexuality really was, would I feel comfortable going up against yeah. Chelsea fans, Arsenal fans, Man U fans? No, I probably wouldn't. Mm. And unfortunately, I think we live in a world, I especially live in a world where I've grown a thick skin because of the job that I do. and. Names I get called on a daily basis, but then I just sit there and go, "Fuck it, I'm rich. I don't care." <laughs> yeah, you, you pay for it. Yeah. Cheers, Jim. Um, but I'm, it, it is. It can get you. Because that was one her. of the
1: really interesting things with um, it was Thomas Hitzlsperger that you interview in the documentary. Lovely ride. bloke. Yeah, great guy. Certainly gives you. I don't know. Gives the impression of being a great no, guy. No, he really is. And he says it wasn't the media, it wasn't the fans, it was my teammates. Yeah. That's what the barrier that was. That really for shocked him. me. Yeah,
2: it surprised me as well. Yeah, it really, really shocked me. And you know, your teammates. It's the word team. That's mm. what you are. We're a team. Uh, you look at what footballers have done over the years. You know, they've not always been angels. There's been a lot worse of things than coming out as gay being a footballer that's, that's happened in the in the beautiful game. But yeah, that really shocked me with Tom because he he said it, it. weren't the fans for me. It wasn't this. That weren't even a fault for me. It was being in the changing room. How am my team gonna? You know, after the game, we'll go and have a shower. After we're gonna would they treat me differently? And mm-hmm. it killed him. It sort of ate him up inside to think that his teammates like, that he plays with on a daily basis with the game that he loves would look at him differently mm-hmm. just because of who, who he goes to bed with at night. And that's yeah, sad. That's it proper sad. sad. Yeah. I think, bearing in mind, Thomas obviously hasn't played for a while, but I'd like to think internally football's come on a long long way, especially with players. Um, but we don't know.
1: That's, okay, so that's the thing for me because... And you, you, you talk about this in the doc as well, right? But is it a football thing? Because you look at the women's game and that homophobia isn't necessarily as present as it is no. with the men's game. So then that leads me to the conclusion sit so there thinking, OK, so is this kind of a male stereotype, traditional masculinity, call it even toxic masculinity, 100% that is the problem 100%. rather than it being anything to do with the game?
2: Of course it is. Listen, you look around this stadium when it's full and you could look... Toxic masculinity in the face again. It's a phrase that I don't like doing I did a podcast all about how to be a man mm. And even then people are like, well, oh, you know about how to be a man and that was exactly the point why I did the podcast. It's like <laughs> you It's you yeah, isn't it Steve? <laughs> that's, that's who I'm talking about there. Um but yeah, I think the game as, as a whole you know women's football is having such a massive resurgence and, and really getting pushed and yeah. so it should because the girls are amazing at the game um, and I'm glad that they're finally getting, getting that uh, accolade that they are. But I think in the men's game, it's always been that traditional, you know, man's sport, girls shouldn't play football. Blah, blah. Mm. And a lot of fans unfortunately do have that mindset and a lot of the fans, have, I don't think we can always blame it on age because, you know, I was recently in Italy and uh, ha- had comments from a young guy and then old people applauding me at stuff so it's for another show that I'm doing and I don't think we can always put it down to age but I just think it's a group mentality as well you know one person don't sing a song and it's the only person singing that song in a stadium someone starts singing a song against an opposing team someone else is and it's that chain reaction and I think pack mentality comes into it a lot when it comes down to the fans and you're right I think maybe we shouldn't say it's football but we should say it's definitely the men's game of football. Definitely. Okay. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Not another
1: one. It's the Politics Show podcast. So in terms of tackling those discriminatory attitudes, those prejudices, what role do you see for speaking to politicians, if our politicians have a role at all, because in the film, you mentioned Thatcher, right? And section 28. So what role do you see for our politicians in confronting this?
2: Uh, I think that's a really difficult question. And I don't know what role I see for politicians in confronting this, because actually, I don't think anything a politician says is going to affect a football fan. I don't think anything I'm going to say is going to affect a football fan when they're in the moment at a game. What I personally think does need to happen is that, especially with this doc, if I have one person, and I know this sounds cheesy, but I'm going to do it, like you look like a pop star, you sound like a pop star, um, I'm going to say it. One person watches this and goes, oh, I really like Rio Ferdinand, oh, I can't believe his sister said that to him and like, made him rethink. That's all I need. Mm. That's that. I would feel comfortable that someone has watched that and gone, oh, maybe I won't, Shout at Chelsea rent boys. Maybe I won't shout at this. Maybe I won't use that as a slur. You know, by calling someone a prick on the plate on on the field, I get it. It's a game. It's like blood sport at times. Football. You know, you want to scream, you want to shout, but there is a difference between calling someone a prick because they mucked up a pass and calling someone a faggot because they didn't score a goal. That's the way that I look at it. And if people still think that that's all right, then good for them. But mm. what are you passing on to the next one? Well, really you ain't going to be here for ages. Yeah, Neither am I. It's a really
1: interesting point about grassroots action. Yeah, majorly. And that's it where, it, that's where it comes
2: from. You know, We can sit here and go to the club and, and say this, you know, here at West Ham, I know they've got a lot of things in place about stewards and stuff and what happens. It has to be reported and then people get bans and, and there's an education program in place because I don't want anyone banned from football. I don't want anyone... You know, it's really hard to... The the clubs can do all that they can, but I believe they are doing all that they can. It comes down to everyone around you. I think what the clubs say as well is, you know, if you do hear any language like this, you can report it to a steward. Are you going to feel comfortable going up to a steward in front of 500 other fans and going, that man there just said the word gay? Like, you're not going to really do it. Mm. So I think it's more of a case of just going directly to the fans. Fuck me, I thought I was an eagle. Jesus, did you see that? It's a crow. It's a big old crow. It's a big one. Cheryl over there. Um, sorry, I was right on a roll then. You were good then. So yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but genuinely, like, uh, on a genuine note, I think the clubs are doing all that they can. Unless you're going to sit there and mic up every single fan in here and then go, oh, you can't say It's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a plea to the fans, I think. It's a plea to the fans. Just go, think about what you say. I think we're all getting to that point Maybe not everyone, sadly, when it comes down to things like racism and stuff, people know that not, that's not language you use. You don't use things like that. And I hope people get, get to that point when it comes down to what someone might not see as homophobia, but you've got the Pride of Iron sat over there as mm-hmm. a pack because they feel more comfortable sat together. What are we living in? 1973. Yeah. Like I should be able to sit anywhere in this stadium as a West Ham fan with West Ham fans around me and cheer on my team without some old bloke shouting out, you queer, or something like that.
1: And in terms of setting those attitudes as well, I think you probably have to talk about the role of the media.
2: Yeah, majorly. Um, Media plays a massive role. And I think one thing we really hit on in the doc is when there's rumours of a premier star thinking about coming out. And it's that black silhouette mm -hmm. on the front page of the paper, like a murder lineup. That That, to me, that silhouette's been used for the same story, whether it's someone thinking about coming out in football, whether it's someone's a rapist that's gone down and we can't name them, that's the association that the media sometimes do. And I've always had quite a good relationship with the media myself, but yeah, they could definitely do better when it Mm. comes down to reporting about footballers and potentially coming out as gay or bisexual.
1: I guess the back in the day, I mean, it's not even back in the day. It's still semi-recently. It was sort of quite explicit homophobia. Yeah. I'm still talking about the media. Nowadays, it's, I think it's become slightly less acceptable to just you know, blatantly use the slurs that you've described or mm. threaten to out people yeah. um, and things like that. And nowadays, it's more a kind of still present. That transphobia is, pre- is sort of creeping into it now. Majorly. As well. And I wonder if... What parallels do you think there might be between, sort of, in terms of trans liberation, gay liberation, whether you think there are lessons that can be learned between the two in the way that media has shifted and changed?
2: I think people need to start worrying about their own lives, to be perfectly honest with you. Look at yourself before you start looking at other people. I think if you could sit there and tar a trans person with the brush of shouldn't be allowed in this space, shouldn't be allowed in that space, and I understand arguments that have been going on, I'm not going to sit there and talk for the trans community because I'm not a trans person. But do I stand with the trans community? Absolutely. And do I believe that everyone should be free to live their life as long as they're not hurting anyone else? Absolutely, 100%. Do I think if a straight white 50-year-old man murdered someone in the woods, that all straight white 50-year-old men are murderers? No, I don't. And I think people forget that. Mm. And I hate the term straight white man because it's thrown about so much, but that's the best way to describe it because that's a a norm in this country. Um, I'm a gay man. If I was a footballer, I don't understand what business of yours it's got, who I'm sleeping with at night, who I'm choosing to spend the rest of my life with. If a Premier League footballer wanted to come out right now, do I think it would be a big story? Absolutely. Do I think that they would be extremely praised? Yeah, I actually do think they would. Do I think fans in any of these stadiums, if that was their favourite footballer, would no longer like that footballer because they're gay? I think there will be a few, but that Mm. says more about them than it does the footballer.
1: Absolutely. And what you've just described there, you know, that kind of that allyship, right, to a different community is a really important thing. And you touch on it in the film as well, mm. in relation to um, Hendo, Jordan Henderson, yeah. going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You know, previously a very staunch and vocal yeah. ally of the LGBT community. Amazing. Big on rainbow laces. Yeah. Um, a real vocal ally. And I, it was, I think it was the Pride of, Pride of Irons people that you were talking they to were about. They so upset.
2: It. Yeah. Could you talk about so that upset. a little bit for me? Yeah. I mean, you know, look, there's a lot of money in the Saudi game. I get it. We had the World Cup in Qatar. Right. Yep. You know, as a gay fan, are you going to feel comfortable going to a country where you're going to get locked up for being gay? Because um, they were initially, they were like, oh, we'll be very open. We know everyone's welcome. And then people getting their rainbow flags
1: taken off them, you it, know.
2: Yeah, but, you know, we've heard all this before in the past. Have yeah. we not? Like, I'm not going to start making comparisons. But like, come over here, you'll be all right. Boom. Like, yeah. you know, so look, the Saudi game, they're trying to build what they want to build over there. Good luck to them. Wish them all the best. Um, do I think as as a player that's gone over there, who has been so uh, forthright in LGBT, uh, LGBTQ rights and the Rainbow Oasis campaign and things like that, yeah it's odd. Do I sit here and judge someone like Jordan Henderson for going to Saudi, no I don't actually. You want to play the game you want to play, they're offering you a great amount of money, you go. But it's now going to be quite difficult for, we now know, obviously I've already filmed the documentary but at the time of recording we didn't, Jordan's obviously... Left and are we going to sit there and listen to you as an ally with Rainbow Laces? Probably not straight away. Maybe you could do a bit of uh, bit more to convince us that oh yeah, you know it wasn't the right move. But look, I don't. I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to sit here and bash Jordan Henderson. Yeah. I'm not going to bash anyone for decisions they make. Everyone makes mistakes. I've made mistakes myself in the past. All of us are one day away from being cancelled or killed. So like, that's how I look at liar. But in that respect, it, it's hard seeing, and especially for the pride of Ryans, their words, not mine, seeing someone who they thought was such an ally to that community was almost a face of and forefront of making sure that football was an inclusive game to head off to Saudi was, was, a, was a kick in the teeth for them.
1: Yeah. As we sort of come towards the end of this conversation, looking forwards and your journey attending games, being a part of football, playing football and then, you know, coming here, coming going to Oxford Park and then coming here.
2: I've only done this documentary to get a footballer boyfriend. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't blame you. We're all aware of it's that. It's a good right? move. If Henry I, th- yeah, I want to be can tab husband and boyfriend. Nice. Yeah, I like I'm that. For
2: you. <laughs> I'm totally joking,
1: by the way. <laughs> Would you be? <laughs> Would you be jo- yeah. No, I'm it's is a game it better
2: coming here. Like your
1: experience Listen, as a gay no, man.
2: I, I think it's it's more a case of uh, I, I'm in real life, I'm six foot four, six foot five, I can handle myself if someone says something to me. I stand up and then they're like, fuck, he's quite tall. Um, no, I think on a serious level, I understand the job that I do is slightly different. I'm not an A-list celebrity by any means, but you can't miss these teeth. So I'm going to get people be like, oh, it's violent. That's fine second i hear someone shout something like that at me i'm like you what you prick yeah and i think it's, it is about standing up for yourself and sometimes people don't feel comfortable to do that but actually listen around you and look around you because not everyone's an idiot and if you see someone being an idiot call them out and go shut the fuck up mate yeah or piss off simple as that and actually the more people that do that the less it's going to happen mm. so safety in numbers we're all amas fans in this stadium Look after one another. Don't be a prick.
1: Get more pandered. Yeah. Well Clark. has been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure, mate. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom spray 5-in-1, only from rust
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.